Two Kids and a Career is a production of Jill Divine Media. The working homeless is what we call them, but a lot of them don't have a support system. So we actually have what we call house managers that work with these people, walk alongside these people and help them. Um, Because a lot of the time it's misunderstanding of people and what they're going through. A lot of people don't want to hear what people are going through because a lot of people are like, well, if you have a job, you should be fine. Your Mm. life should be great. Evoke Creative is a proud sponsor of Two Kids and a Career. They help small business owners like me brand with purpose and market with intent. The ladies at Evoke Creative will help make your digital presence known. Learn more at evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to episode 89 of the podcast. As you know, I am a big proponent of helping out in the community. I love supporting small. I love supporting other businesswomen. And I just want to help. Uh, If you are an avid listener of this podcast, you know that I just want to help one person. If one episode helps one person, then that's all I need to fulfill me. And I believe my guest probably feels the exact same way. First, let me welcome Sarah Chandler to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me today. I'm so interested in your story because here's something that really drives people. Like I can tell in an email when someone is super passionate about something, like I know the conversation is going to be good. And I could tell that in the email exchange that you and I had to set up this recording and I just feel it. And and that's what drives people like you and me to just want to do more and more and more. So I would like for you to just take it over, Sarah. You have a story. You have a new plan in your life. You have all kinds of stuff going on. So why don't you start and then I will weave in here and there with some questions. Yeah, sounds good. Um, So I actually just started a nonprofit in St. Charles County called the Grace Period Transitional Housing. And you're so right. Like I'm so passionate about this organization. Because what we do is we actually are helping just Joe down the street who he may have lost his job or something might have happened to him where he may need some kind of assistance, but Joe might make too much money to get state assistance <laughs> at this time. And our our community in the state does an amazing job with all of the people that need to be helped. Um, But there's still a little bit more that needs to be helped. So the grace period um, actually gives these people three months of rent and utility assistance 
Um, we can move them into our transitional housing that we have. We work with apartments all around St. Charles, um, or they can actually stay in their home and we still help them for that three months. Um, but what's really awesome about the grace period and our program is we're not just giving you a handout. We're giving you a hand up meaning that we're not just paying your bills for three months. We actually give you a financial literacy program um, that helps you learn how to budget and how to live. And then we also have adult development classes for them. And that's what's really neat. Um, our adult development goes from physical education, mental education, um, occupational for people that like, you know, they have a job, but it might not be that career that they're wanting. So we put them through a system where they actually decide what career they want. And we try to help them get to that. And then we also have classes, a spiritual class. We're not, we don't throw spirituality at people, but it's definitely there and all of my volunteers are faith-based and it's non-denominational. I mean, I have um, Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, I mean, everybody, they, it's just faith-based. It's not a religion-based. The other thing that's amazing about it is a lot of hurting people, um, the working homeless is what we call them, but a lot of them don't have a support system. So we actually have what we call house managers that work with these people, walk alongside these people and help them. Um, Cause a lot of the time it's misunderstanding of people and what they're going through. A lot of people don't wanna hear what people are going through because a lot of people are like, well, if you have a job, you should be fine. Your mm. life should be great. That is not the case 95% of the time. <laughs> like we mm -hmm. all need help somewhere and it's just really good to have that support system. And also the grace period is helping the state too. You know, the state needs as much help as they're helping everyone else. Like they need help too. So we kind of thought in the beginning, um, I do have a co-founder. Her name's Amy Luttrell. She's amazing. We kind of sat one day and we, and said, you know, everyone has a grace period in their bills, but no one has a grace period in their life. Mm. And I just think that that is really important for your mental health as well as your physical health. Um, I grew up with my dad. My mom was around here and there, but my dad is my best friend and he raised me and he worked his rear off for so many years and there were times where he needed help and thankfully he had my grandparents to help him out but they helped him out with housing and financials but he really could have maybe used a financial class to learn how to budget more my dad is an amazing guy he he took care of me he budgeted very well but he still needed help. Everyone needs help to grow, you know? Yeah. Um, and he worked so hard that at 14, I was taking care of myself while he was at work. And it was amazing. And I grew from that. But what I'm here for, what God sent me here for, 
is to help those kids in those family situations that for them just to be kids at 14 me cleaning the house making sure you know I got a job at 14 and that was really strange back in early or late 90s you know early 2000s and I did that because I felt I needed to to help my dad and as much as that grew me I missed a lot of childhood, a lot of teenage years. So I just want to be here to help those families in letting them be a family. (laughs) Sarah, I have so many things that I have written down on the different things that you talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's going to just feel like... (laughs) all over the place. Yeah. So bear with me as I go through these things. But first of all, the grace period was launched November of 2019. Yes, ma'am. How (laughs) crazy, because then you have this pandemic that we're still in. And then you start to see the, the true help that's needed. Like, yes. I think maybe one of the things that probably people started to see because of the pandemic was something that you brought up at the beginning. Like, it doesn't matter if you are white, black, um, Asian. It doesn't matter oh, yeah, any of no. that. It doesn't matter if you're a male, a female. It doesn't matter what age you are. You can be hit and impacted by lack of assistance yes yeah yeah it takes you out of your self-sufficiency and and that's what we try to do it gets you back to that self-sufficiency it was something that i had didn't really realize until i volunteered a number of years ago at a food bank and when they showed the stats of Mm. who the individuals are receiving that food it really it it took me back because yeah. it could be your neighbors. Yeah. Just because somebody lives in a home, like you said, doesn't mean that they're rich or even that they're okay. And right. I think that that might be something that we need to educate others about. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's living that paycheck to paycheck life. And uh, there's a way that you can get out of that. The other thing I wanted to bring up was work. And by that, what I mean is, I think all the time to myself, those parents, single parents, um, you know, both parents at home, whatever it may be, but trying to make ends meet and trying to be there for their kids. But in order to be there for their kids financially, they have to work Yeah, and they have to work a lot. And then they're missing out on the time with their kids. And it's not because they want to, it's because they have to. Mm -hmm. And I've thought about that recently because I do talk to a lot of different people on this podcast and just the developmental aspect of children and adolescence. And it wasn't until you really kind of mentioned all of that with your own upbringing that while you did appreciate that your dad was doing so much to keep you all afloat, it is hard. I mean, you're a kid. Mm -hmm. And so it bothers me because I know 
I mean, I can't speak on behalf of your dad, but I am pretty sure it hurt him just as much. He wanted to be there for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's, that's the grace period is here for that as well, because it is an embarrassing moment. It is a hurting moment. And I don't think that anyone who is working as hard as they can and still are having problems should be embarrassed or hurt by it because you're doing everything that you can and you just need a little grace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it is. It's very hard. Um, and it's hard for some of these kids too, because they, they don't even realize it. Right. Like, you know, um, when I was 14 and I went into work, I just thought that's really what you did. And my dad didn't ask me to get a job. But I said, well, I want a cell phone at that time, you know, cell phones just came out. And uh, I think I was trying to get away from my pager. (laughs) And I wanted shoes and all this stuff. And I didn't want to ask my dad. So I got a job. And I think that's awesome. Every kid should do that. I have two girls. I have a 14 and 16 year old. um, And they got summer jobs. And I'm okay with that. But it's because they wanted it, not because they thought they needed to do it. Because believe me, they do not have a problem asking me to go buy that $100 pair of shoes. Am I going (laughs) to do it? No, but they don't have a problem asking me about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the fact that, too, there are teenagers that are getting jobs because they have to. They have to help their parents. And that's a tremendous amount of pressure. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. It is. The other thing I wrote down was something recently. I've had a conversation with quite a few people about this, but the financial classes. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, and, and I'm not qualified really to say this. This is just an opinion. And I'm sure that there are different reasons why. And I just feel like, my time in high school, which I loved high school. I mm-hmm. actually loved pretty much most everything about high school, but I don't feel like it prepared me for the next step. No. Now, <laughs> I understand that at that age, you know, it's still, you're still young, but had I been in a situation where there were more, what you call electives, mm-hmm. but more towards like your career path to to try it out to to see if it's something that you want to go into yeah I don't know I feel like that's lacking in the high school area and I even like this podcast I remember at one point um a long time ago when I was in between jobs and I did some sub work at a high school and I thought how cool would it be to have some sort of studio in the high school where they can learn about audio and video? And and that was a number of years ago where now it's so prevalent. Like, Mm -hmm. so I bring that up because I do know there are some high schools that offer a a financing option as a class, but the things that I've talked about with some friends, it's like, okay, have that be something that they can take their senior year, not right. their freshman or sophomore year. Yeah. Like 
take it your senior year when you're getting ready to go into the next step. And then again, have it like another advanced element. If you do choose to go to college, you were spot on with that because I I mean, I could definitely still use a little help in that area. Oh yeah. And me too. I'm growing every day in it. Um, And another thing um, you kind of said it, they give the option. Why is it an option? Make that yeah. a class you have to take. I I was lucky, and my junior year, I did get to take a personal finance class, but I picked that, and we had six people in that class. Ooh. Six people. That was it. Um, and, and maybe a few more, but I know it was a very empty classroom. But the kids at that time, they didn't want to know about how to write a check they they didn't care about that stuff but why would you right but if you make it to where you have to do that then they have to do it and they'll learn and they will take stuff out of it so the grace period we actually when when we get a resident i work with them for two months before i even offer our housing Um, and because we are 100% on accountability, I had said it earlier, we don't do a handout, we do a hand up. I am not here to hold your hand. I'm here to walk alongside you. But what we do is we actually do a budget with them and a life plan. We work to see if they are accountable, if they come to these classes, if they, um, All the classes are on their schedule because, again, we give them grace. We try to work with your schedule as much as possible. But this financial class they have to take. And it is so amazing to see their face at the very first class. And most of the time that face is, well, I know it. I just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I know this. But then at the very end of the class, they look like kids at a candy store. They just, everything is soaking into them. They get it. My point to this was every resident that we've helped always say, why didn't they teach us this in school? Mm -hmm. Why was this just an option? Or I didn't even know it was an option because I'll tell people I took personal finance and they're like, what? That was in school. So I think it's the most part of that they have to do it. It makes them realize and see it. Before we continue with this conversation, I want to talk to you about Evoke Creative. They are a sponsor of the podcast and they are the ones that really helped get me to where I am right now with the business side of things. So the podcast that you are listening to right now, Two Kids in a Career, the logo, the artwork for that designed by Evoke Creative, the website, jilldevine.com, designed by Evoke Creative, the whole process of creating my own business, Jill Divine Media, that was spearheaded by the ladies at Evoke Creative. Whether you're looking for a website or some social media strategy, Evoke Creative can help you do both of those things and so much more. And you don't have to feel like you need to do it all at once. 
they're not like that as far as, oh, you want to use our services? Well, then you have to buy the big, huge package. No, small steps, baby steps. They want to help get you there. Check them out, evokecco.com. It's evokecco.com. All right, let's get back to this week's episode of Two Kids and a Career. It's so important. It's so so important. And um, I love that you, I mean, it it makes sense to just say, hey, we want to chat and work with you for about two months because that could just turn them around and then really save that other option for individuals who really, really needed a little bit more. Like there's, there's more than being able to turn it around. That's great. So I'm going to probably go into something that probably should have been discussed at the beginning of this episode, but (laughs) you touched on it a little bit. Um, Obviously, you are in this wonderful situation. You didn't wake up one day and say, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to do something so intentional called the grace period transitional housing. I mean, yeah. There's a personal story, and like you you did talk a little bit about it with your father. I was just wondering if you could go into it a little bit more because it is intentional. Yeah. It is very direct, and I feel like maybe this is something that someone has to experience in order to get to where you are now. Yeah, definitely. So with my dad and working and everything, another thing, because you're right, the grace period did not – I didn't just wake up one morning. Um I've actually been doing this kind of work with my friends since I was about 16. Um, I was always the person to go and find a resource. If I didn't know the answer, I found it. Um, If you needed something, I found it. And I actually had a group of friends, about eight, maybe 10 of us, that all of us were kind of in the same position at that time. And What we did is everyone was at my house because dad worked nights. Um, So everyone hung out at my house. (laughs) But of course we had fun. We were teenagers. We did everything teenagers do. But something we did that a lot of teenagers don't do is we were making meals every night. We were getting food from our different houses, bringing them to my dad's house And all of us would make dinner together. And it's so crazy for me to say that now because I look at my 16-year-old and she doesn't even have to think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you had 8 to 10 16-year-olds just trying to get that family bonding and trying to figure out what they needed to do to grow up because we didn't want our kids to be like that. And I'm not saying that we had a bad life. I had an amazing childhood. I had an amazing teenagehood, everything. Um, But we still didn't want people to be like that. And so I've always kind of been doing this work my whole life, helping people out. I don't like when people come to me and say, well, I don't have any money. Okay. Do you have a job? Well, no. Okay. We'll get one. That that's the first step. Get mm-hmm. get a job or find some way. Um, my sister, I I applaud my sister so much. She works very hard and she has little hustle gigs here and there. You know, um, she she sells hats. She 
Um, she, there's just a whole bunch of stuff she does. She has so many hats as she sells hats. Um, <laughs> but all of us were just trying to figure out our resources. And and again, I've just I've been doing this my whole life. And then I started church um, about three years ago, and they had a program, Neighbor Helping Neighbor. And in that program, you, a person will call the church who needs assistance in some way. They send them to a coordinator and that coordinator finds resources for them and not even just for them, but with them. So you call about electric bill that you need paid. We will find you another church or our church or, or any kind of organization that helps with that. I did that with my co-founder, Amy Luttrell, and we did that for about a year and a half, and we realized that there were a lot of people in the St. Charles County who maybe weren't homeless sleeping in their car, but were homeless sleeping couch to couch, which is something I dealt with when I was a child. Uh, My parents were divorced, but they shared custody with me. Um, sometimes I was going to a different house cause my mom was staying with a different friend. And we also found out in neighbor helping neighbor that people were living in hotels and hotels are great, but they're so expensive, mm-hmm. so expensive. So it just kind of tugged on mine and Amy's hearts. And, um, it wasn't just one night we woke up. But it was one day her and I just looked at each other and said, you know, we need transitional housing for just the regular people. And I don't know if that's the right word to use, but I always like to say for Joe down the street. Yeah. Um, there's there's so many things out there for um, women. There's so many rehabs out there um, for addicts in housing for that there are um, a couple things for just men there's transitional housing for um, veterans um, and transitional housing for women under the age of 21 with children and that is all amazing but again just what about joe down the street that just had a hard time and he just needs three months there's there's nothing there's not a transitional house for getting yourself back to where you were there's transitional housings for getting yourself out of where you're at but nothing to help you get back to where you were so that's really how we became and amy and i we thought we were just gonna buy a house and move a couple people in and amy and i would just take care of it well that's (laughs) not how the world works (laughs) Mm-mm. No. Nope. So we went bigger. We found a lawyer that um, helps our church and she helped us write a business plan and get all of our information into um, the IRS. And you said earlier that, you know, we started in November of 2019. Um, not the best time, but we didn't know that. <laughs> right. Right. And we actually did not get our 501c until may 11th of 2020 so it took Mm. a long time but we got there that and where we are today is we're still here 
you know, you said earlier about helping families, but also kind of saving that transitional housing for someone who may need a little bit more. Um, I probably help about 15 different families every two months. I'm having people wow. call me. Um, and it's, it's not really my housing. I, they talk to me and I tell them, you know, well, here's the resources. This is what we have for you. Those 15, normally I get them to a place where they don't need the grace period. I would love to help everyone here at the grace period. Um, unfortunately at this time, our funding is not at its best. So I am just trying to help as many people as possible. Um, we have had three families in residency that have graduated. My my one thing, uh, July 11th, we just had our graduation. And it was our first graduation. And it was amazing. And the way that people graduate, it's, you know, it's really easy, but it's hard at the same time. You have to work um, 40 hours a week to even come into our program. If you are in schooling, like college, um, or, or vocational school, whatever it is, we work with you and you still have to work 25 hours a week. And then you have to do our financial classes and our adult development classes. And for an hour a week, you have a house manager who helps you. And that's really it. If you can make those classes, um, you can follow the rules of the grace period um, and the most important part is our goal is for them to save a thousand dollars a month. So if you have $3,000 by the end of those three months, you graduate. And I know it sounds hard, but once you get in the step of it and you budget, and again, think about it, the grace period is paying your rent and utilities for three months. That thousand, that three thousand is not that as hard as people think to save, and all of my residents have saved that. We had one that had a a tooth problem, and they ended up paying fourteen hundred dollars cash to get the teeth fixed, which is something they would have never been able to do. And so we did extend their time just a little bit because they had an emergency, but even they said, I, I said that I would help them for three more months after that. They said, no, Miss Sarah, it, we don't, we don't need your help. We, we can do this. And I said, I know that you can do it, but let me help you just, just, just three more months. And they said, well, we'll make a deal. You help us for one more month and we'll try to save the thousand dollars plus the 1400 that we had to spend. And I said, okay, well, how are you going to do that though? Like you guys are already <laughs> working 40 hours a week. What, what are you going to do? And they said, well, we're going to do DoorDash. So they did DoorDash for a whole month, made more than that 1400 And they're great. They, they're great. I mean, um, I check in with them every Tuesday. They keep telling me, Miss Sarah, we've, we've got it. We've got it. Um, but I still want to check in with them. I check in with all my residents. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is there a, a maintenance plan after they graduate or how does that work? Yeah. So after they graduate, um, they're still with us full time. And what I mean by with us is uh, they do our classes and our house management full time for one more month. And then so the house manager comes to their house once a week for an hour. They have um, four more financial classes and four more 
adult development classes um, because all the classes are once a week. And then after that month, I do my complete best to reach out to them every Tuesday just to check in. Right now, the grace period, I have a wonderful board. I have six people on my board. Um, I also have seven volunteers. But as of right now, the grace period is just myself. So okay. I'm the house manager. I, um, I do have a financial coach, but I'm also the financial coach. I have coaches for all of my adult development classes, but if need be, I am also trained to coach all of those classes. And all my classes are certifiable classes. Uh, most of them have textbooks. I'm very old school. I like textbooks. I don't. <laughs> I, well, a lot of my residents do not have computer access. Hopefully, in our 10-year plan, we will have a place with computers <laughs> and laptops um, but right now they don't. So I print things out for them and, and do worksheets. But honestly, um, they soak it in a lot more with that, using that instead of the internet, just because they have to write things down again. <laughs> right. I, I think. So yeah, they're they're always my residents. I try every November we have a donor dinner. Um, I try to make it the weekend after Thanksgiving. And my residents are more than welcome to come. I do not hassle them. I don't make them come. Um, but if they want to, they're, they're more than welcome. So I try to keep in contact with them. The families I help in between, there's a few that will call me and give me updates. Um, but most of the time, as, as soon as they get the resources, they're pretty good. So I don't try to reach out too much to them. As we're wrapping things up, uh, real quick... What church do you go to that you referred to as being so helpful for the community? Yes, um, it is Sunrise Methodist, United Methodist in O'Fallon. Um, okay, O'Fallon, Missouri. Yes, that that church is my home church. Um, they have also became a sponsor for our residents, and I can tell you about that in a second. Um, but also United Methodist of Wentzville is also one of our major sponsors and they're really big in the community too. Those two churches are my family for sure. <laughs> and it is important to note that you're facing an obstacle because you're a hundred percent individually funded yes. funded. And that means you're not accepting federal or state government funding. And right. that's because you want to help those who are not eligible for state assistance. Yes. Like basically what you referred to at the beginning is, you know, that person could not meet that criteria by just a, a few dollars. Yeah. Yeah. $10. I've, I've had one that it was $10 over. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So, now is the time for you to give the listener all the information as how they can reach you to either be a volunteer, be a donor, be a, a recipient, all of that kind of information. And I will also have it linked up on the show notes at jilldevine.com. So the best way to get all the information that you need would be our website. And that's www dot the grace period dot net and it's all one word um everything is on there from applications 
to be a resident, um, ways to sponsor. We have adopt a family program and what we do need for our volunteers. The other way is Facebook and it's the grace period Inc. Um, on Facebook. And we have a Twitter that we're trying to get together. It's coming a little <laughs> slow. Um, but all of our names are the grace period. And then what is one thing that you are in need of right now? I know there's a lot, but if we have one ask right now, what would it be? Right now, I need sponsors for my residents. And what that entails is um, you adopt a family for three months and it is a $5,000 sponsorship, but that takes care of three months of their rent and utilities. That takes care of their two weeks of groceries that we give them. Um, We furnish the apartments for them. And it also helps with our programming materials. So, and it's all for the resident. Our sponsorships just go to the resident. They do not go to our operations or our salaries or anything like that. It is just for the residents. Um, That's our major, major need. And donations, of course, (laughs) all the time. Um, And then volunteers, just people that have the time and have the grace to get to know people and to work with us here to just keep the grace period going. It's so inspiring to see the things that you're doing and just even the story you told about you and your friends at the age of 16, wanting community, finding that with dinner It just is so amazing to see how all of this has transpired and how God has worked in your life to go from there to here. And I applaud you. I think that it's awesome that you are just going at it and you aren't giving up. No, no, I will never give up. I, uh, even if the grace period isn't here, I will keep my number up to give people those resources. Um, and I, and the grace period will be here cause I'm not giving up. I will never give up on this. God didn't give up on me and I'm here to help him take care of people. And my dad never gave up. So I can never give up. Episode 90 with Kathy Lambert will launch next week. And if you've heard of Dress for Success, then you will know a little bit about Kathy Lambert before you tune in. But Dress for Success Midwest was transitioned into Connections to Success, and the mission is to inspire individuals to achieve their dreams and to be economically independent by providing hope, resources, and a plan. All of that then turned into launching her own business called KBL Impact Partners to help nonprofits. It's a lot of nonprofit goodness happening in next week's episode. I hope you'll join me. As we wrap up this week's episode, I'd like to remind you of our sponsor for this episode, Evoke Creative. If you're looking for a website for just a hobby or for a business, or if you're looking for some social media strategy because you just can't figure out the algorithms and all the insights, it's just too much. You are in good hands with the ladies at Evoke Creative. 
They are here to help you. Digital marketing, that's their thing. They want you to succeed and they're gonna do whatever they can to help you do that. You're looking for a logo, they got you. When it comes to all of that digital goodness, when it comes to your business or your hobby, make sure you check out Evoke Creative, evokecco.com. And before we end this week's episode, I'd like to ask you to check out the social media accounts to follow along. Maybe let me know of a guest that you would like to hear about and to also submit a Supermom shout out. You can go to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You will find me there also on LinkedIn. And you can also go to jilldevine.com. Everything is wrapped up right there for you. Everything. You can email, find all the social media accounts, submit that super mom shout out, all of it right there. And lastly, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast, it would definitely be appreciated. And as always, thank you for your support of two kids and a career. 